This week we had a pretty big low. We had a pretty big fight and we're not going to tell you the details of our fight because it was not pretty. But I kind of like fights sometimes because they make something such a big deal that you realize something needs to change. Like you can't just keep going through life as you're going through it. And as a result of us really diving deep this week and being like, we do not want to live this way. We need to solve this issue. I think Elisha and I both took 100% responsibility for solving this issue. And so today we're going to talk to you guys about when your husband is feeling like you are babysitting him and when you are feeling like he needs a babysitter. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you do enjoy it, click the subscribe button if you haven't already. And we always love when you guys leave us a rating or a review. Those just mean so much to us. And we're going to dive right in. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. It's Thanksgiving week. Wow. And I'm, isn't that crazy? I'm really excited about that. Me too. It's a short week. We get to go down and hang out with my family. And this is the first year that I'm going home for a holiday. That is pretty fun. Yeah, this is the last, what, I guess three years or three Thanksgivings we've spent as a married couple. We've, well, I guess we've been close to your family. So we've either stayed with them or traveled to my family's house yeah. for the holidays. And this year we're going back to Bend. So this will be fun. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Thanksgiving is a is a really big holiday for Katie's side of the family, and namely because most of them don't celebrate Christmas on your side of the family. Yeah, so my side of the family doesn't celebrate Christmas. So Thanksgiving is huge, and it makes it really easy for Elisha and I because his family gets the Christmas holiday, and my family gets Thanksgiving. So yes. there's no arguing there. <laughs> yes, it works out really well. I like it. So we're digging into a conversation that Katie and I have been having over the last few days. And really it's the, the conversations that we've been having stemmed from one heated conversation turned argument turned marital fight disaster disaster <laughs> uh a few days ago and i mean we came out through the other side and like katie said in the introduction there can be a huge blessing in and kind of some of those blow up conversations because it it forces you to address some issues and this is one that katie and i both we, we both felt like we needed to address clearly and of course we initially approached it from our own standpoint feeling you know, unjustly treated or unfairly treated. And, uh, and then over time we were able to see it from the other person's perspective. <laughs> yeah. I think like we really had one big conversation. And then even as you brought it up tonight, I didn't know that you've been thinking on it the last few days hmm. 
because I definitely have. And it was cool to me to see that Elisha and I really both believe in the 100% solution. Mm. And we've never really talked about this. We've mentioned it. But that marriage isn't 50-50. You can, by taking 100% responsibility for your marriage and not expecting your spouse to change, make your marriage awesome. Mm. And so I think after our conversation that night where, yes, we were both victimized and both coming at it from our own perspectives. But I think in the end, we both really want a good marriage Mm -hmm. and we came away from it. Well, I came away from it thinking, okay, these are the things I can do to make this a good situation. And it was pretty awesome to hear tonight the things that you came away thinking, this is what I'm going to do to eliminate this issue. Yeah. And the issue that we're talking about was, I I think you said it again in the introduction, and I felt like I was kind of being babysat in a couple different areas uh, of our life. And you felt like you needed to babysit me in these areas. And so go figure, we were getting on each other's nerves in these areas. And, uh, and so I just kind of have decided to really take 100% ownership and make it that that Katie doesn't feel the obligation to babysit me. And the areas that I'm really focusing on that seemed to be consistent um, trigger points for certain things that, you know, you would say or certain things I would feel were the areas of money, how how we spend money, um, diet, how I eat, and then sleep, how I'm what am I being responsible in the hour that I'm going to bed and the hour that I'm waking up? And it's pretty funny when I look in hindsight, how those three categories have kind of been trigger points since the start of our marriage. And I would even say actually back to when we were dating, because we just had different lifestyles around all of those areas. Yes. I, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was five years older than Katie. And so I had been a young single adult for many more years than Katie had been. So when Katie and I started dating, she was 19 and I was 20 or 24. You were 20. I I was was 20. Yeah. The second time. Mm -hmm. And I was 20, 25. And I had formed some habits, good and bad, and how I ate, how I, you know, monitored my sleep and my health and how I spent my money. And from the get, from the time we were dating, you know, we just saw those things differently. Mm -hmm. And then early on in our marriage, it was kind of you were, you know, I guess I put in quotations, but I think you truly were the more responsible one in those areas. And so I just decided to defer to you in those areas of my life rather than taking leadership and leading myself and setting myself up in a position to actually lead my family. And I think when you say defer, because I think this is an important clarification, is you weren't deferring in a way like, oh, you know what? She has some good insight into this. I'll let her make the decision when it comes to these things. It was it was building up resentment. Ultimately, it was. Yeah. So you didn't want to defer to me. You were deferring to me so that there wouldn't be an argument over it. Yeah. It was kind of uh, avoiding the pain of a, you know, a confrontation for thinking that you're kind of getting by, but then ultimately it's just building up to a bigger confrontation some at some point. And, and so I'll give you guys an example. I think that it was, became very common for, for our marriage mm-hmm. and that would be, um, at bedtime, I was just kind of, I never set a bedtime for our family and would lead our family to bed. And, and so as a result, I would stay up and I would just stay up until Katie said, Hey, we need to go to bed. 
And that seems like a very simple comment, right? Hey, we need to go to bed. And then I'd be like, okay, great. Yeah, we should go to bed. Now let's go to bed. But over time, I really felt started started to feel micromanaged in that area. And I started to feel like Katie was, you know, domineering in this area of my life, which in reality, how silly is that? I, at the beginning of our marriage, could have, could have decided and established, hey, I want to be a healthy person. I want to be a responsible, per, responsible person. So I could have proved, I've had three and a half, four years of marriage now to prove to Katie I'm responsible in how I take care of myself when it comes to sleep. But I've not taken advantage of those years. And in fact, I've probably not given you any confidence in how I manage my sleep over our four years of marriage. Well, the thing is with marriage is that either person can stop the cycle. And we were kind of in a cycle where I wasn't giving him opportunity to have me trust him. Like I wasn't giving him the option really of choosing bedtime and me not saying anything about it if that makes sense yeah well because i think that what it probably would have looked like and still could look like at some point is me having to live with the consequences for a for a short time and then having to choose for myself to change my ways and because that you only want to go so long not sleeping very much at nighttime or you know i even think of the mornings that, that literally katie's woken me up because i would have been late for work if she didn't, it doesn't take too many mornings of me showing up 45 minutes late for work to when I decide, you know what, I need to manage myself a lot better and get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think like it doesn't have to come to that. Like, I guess what I wouldn't suggest and what we aren't saying in this podcast is don't have conversations over things that you would like to that aren't working well. So like Elisha and I, I, it really does mean a lot to me that we go to bed at the same time. I think that's really healthy in a marriage. And so when he stays up super late, I like to stay up late too, just because I like to connect in bed before he go to sleep. But it's different, I think, appealing to your husband versus just taking the reins and telling him what to do. And I wasn't really appealing to him and letting him know what my request was, letting him know my reasons, and then letting him make his decisions. I was just making his decisions for him. And I think that that is a big difference in whether, well, in just causing resentment built up in Elisha. And after that conversation that we had last night, I had to take a really hard look at what I wanted in my marriage. And some things I was thinking of, well, actually ended up reading a blog post that night. I was like, I need some inspiration from someone else. You know, I need a kick in the pants here. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm just sitting here in all my self-righteous, my self-righteous stupor. And a quote that stuck out to me so hard was, do you want to be your husband's mother or his girlfriend? And like, which one of those sounds more fun to you as his wife? I think honestly, a wife is a fun combination of both of them because you do take care of your husband, but you also have this fun, flirtatious vibe too. And I think I had gotten really heavy on the mothering side and treating him like one of my children, which no man wants to be treated like he's your child. And so I think like I was, I was thinking through these concepts of like, okay, do I want Elisha to fall in love with me or do I want him to resent me? Like, do I want him to have fun with me or do I want him to try to get away from me to have fun? (laughs) I'm serious. Like these are some things I was like thinking through seriously. Do I want him to be honest with me or do I want him to want to hide from me and like 
force himself. I'm still, you know, still want him to be honest. <laughs> but do I want him to like offer up, you know, stuff he did, feel free telling me stuff or to keep it to himself and just be like, oh my word, I'm not going to share that with her. Hmm. You know, and so like when I thought back and forth between those these different things I was like I really want to be my husband's girlfriend I want to be that person that is fun and that he just like can't wait to be around and tell stuff with to not someone he's like you know trying to sneak away from Mm -hmm. yeah and I never want to ever justify being sneaky or dishonest with your spouse on either side but I was not giving you ample reason to have confidence in me and I think that that's where again it comes back to me taking control of my own character, my own discipline, my own personal responsibility, because I know that you want to be all those things that you just talked about. And that's fun for me to hear that you want to be a companion of mine, a partner, a friend. And you want to be, I guess, you know, there, we want there to be this fun, lighthearted synergy. Which honestly, like the last few days have been awesome. Yeah. Like no, we've just had so much true. fun. Like we've laughed so much together the last few days yes which has been so fun it is fun i think and i can only assume katie that that would be far easier for you to embrace that role and to embrace that mindset if you felt that they there were really stable boundaries in certain areas of our life knowing that i would not you know draw outside the lines too much in certain areas and so i feel like i'm just given this opportunity now to prove to you and to instill in you some confidence that i will in fact keep our family going in you know when it comes to finances and when it comes to diet, how we're going to eat and how we're going to spend our time and how we're going to spend our evenings and our mornings and I want you to be able to rest in that so that you don't feel this burden and because because you are you you were acting in a more responsible manner when it comes to the practical things of life you were the more responsible one and which is why you have you know you maybe had tendencies towards self-righteousness because on paper you were the one leading us in the better way. Well, I think something that killed me in that conversation we had after our fight when, you know, the tears came and it was like, okay, let's, let's work on healing this issue was you said to me, there's no problem with you. Like you're doing everything right. And that killed me because I do not want to be the right wife. I don't want to be the wife that everybody looks at and is like, she did the right thing and her husband can't stand her. (laughs) Like, I don't care what anyone else thinks from the outside, whether I'm making the right decision or the wrong decision. I want my husband to just love me. Hmm. That's what I want. Like I do love you. You do. (laughs) And I'm very grateful for that. (laughs) But I guess being right's no fun if if your spouse isn't in love with you. Hmm. That's so true. Yeah. So I felt like I was really, I guess, ripping Katie off from this opportunity to be the fun, loving, carefree woman that she desired to be by not having self-control, by not having self, I guess, self-care and self-responsibility for how I was leading myself and, and my wife. And so all of a sudden, Katie and I were both in this position that neither of us wanted to be. But then at the same time, I was ripping Katie off as I was ripping Katie off from being the person that she wanted to be and giving and not giving her ample opportunity to have confidence in me as a leader. I was also ripping myself off from being able to feel the confidence that comes from leading yourself. And again, by deferring to Katie and kind of viewing Katie as the bumpers 
to which she would keep our family going down the lane straightly. I was missing out on leading myself. And so I would kind of spend money willy-nilly as I saw fit until Katie would put her foot down. Or I would eat in an unhealthy manner until Katie would put her foot down. You know, I'd I'd eat as many Skittles as possible until Katie grabbed the bag for me. <laughs> Still an ongoing fight. <laughs> that was the original that was the original sin in our in our marriage no, probably. Yeah. Skittles. Um, or I would stay up as late as I could until Katie put her foot down and said, okay, now now you have to go to bed. Now we have to go to bed. I didn't say it like that. You wouldn't know, of course. But that was the sentiment, <laughs> I think. And so inst- I, I, I really was ripping myself off from feeling the confidence that comes by saying, no, I'm going to set a budget and I know I know what money we have. I can confidently spend it here and I can confidently not spend it here. Or you know what, I can enjoy this treat and I can have one cookie and have self-control rather than have as many cookies as I can until Katie catches me and then, and then have to oh, face Lisha. the wrath of Katie. I yeah. do think it's something that's also sticking out to me in that conversation we had, but also even in this conversation, is that the way I was doing things, Elisha was taking a lot more... Um, I guess to him, they were a lot more disrespectful and a lot more overt than what I intended them to be or how I actually said them. And so I think it's important to me to just take note that I think oftentimes with bedtime, I would say, hey, are you ready to go to bed? That's what I would say. And hearing him translate that here in this conversation is, hey, you need to go to bed right now. Hmm. And so I think... Those things are interesting for me to note, too, that in these areas, I just need to, like, not say anything instead of um, or say it in a conversation, but not like on a day by day basis. Yeah. And basically, I want to put Katie in a position so that she can speak from her needs and speak from her desires rather than having to speak from taking care of me. And I think that that's where it kind of got blurred is I wasn't taking care of myself in a very good manner. So all of a sudden, Katie had to speak for both of us in certain situations. And I want Katie to be so confident in how I'm leading myself that she feels the freedom to let me know what she's needing or what she's lacking in a situation. And I want to hear from her in those situations because, I mean, that's a a huge win from my perspective as a husband is when you know clearly what your wife desires from you and what she really needs from you in an instance or in a situation, I love knowing that. And I think, okay, well, I can rise to that occasion. I can get up at that hour or I can do this with the kids if you, and you, you know, when you make it clear that this is what I need to do. But when I felt like, and again, I, I was the one that was at fault here, and you probably felt this too, when you had to speak for my on my behalf, as well as your own behalf, then it really became an issue of of conflict. Well, I think that that statement right there is like, it was mind blowing to me because I do not want to speak on what you need. I think that's the differentiation right there is you don't want me to tell you what you need. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it, I wouldn't want you to tell me what I need. But when I tell you what I need for me, then yes, you are always more than quick to help me. Hmm. And so if I tell you, for instance, like, 
you need to go to bed right now. You're going to be tired tomorrow. That's like a mothering yeah. statement. That's something that makes you resent me. Mm. But if I tell you, hey, I need to go to bed right now because I have X, Y, and Z, you know, and I would love if you could come to bed with me because I like to go to bed with you, you'd be a lot more likely to be like, hey, I can do this for Katie. Mm-hmm. And it's a different response there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, and obviously we're going back and forth here because Elisha and I did not share notes at all. These are our takeaways from the conversation. And hopefully it's not confusing because we're in agreement. But this is the first time I'm hearing his 100% solution thoughts, I should say. And obviously it's ideal if you have a husband that wants this just as bad as you do and wants to have a solution. Hmm. But like some men aren't in that position or in that place, or maybe they haven't reached that state of humility to be able to take the responsibility yet. And so I just want to, I didn't know if Elisha was in that place or not, but I knew that I could still have an impact whether he wanted to change or not in this instance. And for me, what that mental process was, was going through the worst case scenarios. And so for me, I was like, okay, worst case scenario, he eats too many donuts, right? For my, on my donut chart, he's eating too many. First of all, he's going to do it anyways. He's an adult. Like there's a reason you don't let your kids out of your sight when you want them to do something. It's because you're treating them like kids and you're expecting them to like disobey you or like break the rule. And like, I'm not with my husband a hundred percent of the time. So whether or not I'm choosing to let him make his own decisions and not feel guilty for them, I'm in the position where I have to. And that's what I want as a wife. Like, I don't want to set these arbitrary standards where then I'm put in the position of like, taskmaster like who wants that in a relationship (laughs) and then okay so worst case scenario he eats too many donuts he maybe gets like really fat or something (laughs) maybe he gets really sick maybe it's a bad example for the kids right these are like all the things that might go through my head but just let the worst fears happen and let life be the teacher my mom said that like on our interview with um, my parents. And I just think that's so good. Like Elisha makes his own commitments to health whenever he gets sick. Like It's like, I don't have to say anything and he starts eating cleaner if he doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So like, let, let just like that be the response. Or I thought through, okay, Elisha goes to bed really, really late, right? This is kind of my thought process. Worst case scenario, he's tired the next day. Okay, that's like not the end of the world. And we do have certain game plans. We kind of have one that we don't, I guess it was kind of uncommunicated or not communicated, but we typically trade off letting each other sleep in on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And if I tell Elisha, like, hey, I'm really tired tonight. Like, I'm going to need you to get up with the kids. He's like, okay, no problem. And he gets up with the kids. Like, that wasn't so hard, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And maybe he's tired all day. But anyways, I think... Even it came up that there was a book that Elisha was reading that I just thought was really violent and I didn't, it wasn't something I would read, right? And I do think it's important 
that Elisha and I are on the same page that he's not going to read or watch anything that dishonors me or mm-hmm. that's disrespectful of me. That's mm-hmm. something that we've definitely talked about. But if it's maybe more violent or maybe if it has language in it that I wouldn't, you know, read or watch or whatever, I can make those requests known, but then drop it. He's an adult. He's not my son. Hmm. And I just think of that. Okay, so I want to keep those thoughts in perspective with the worst case scenario if I keep doing what I'm doing, right? Okay. If I keep telling him what to do with his life. He resents me. He starts not telling me things. He stops opening up about other stuff in his life. He makes his own decisions anyways because he is an adult, whether or not I choose to treat him like one. He wants freedom. He's more susceptible to temptation or escaping reality through you know whatever channel that is sports media phones you're a guy will be more prone to depression if he has you know a nag as a wife it's a bad example for our kids and just how elisha said he was cheating himself out of taking responsibility by micromanaging him it is cheating me out of respecting him and trusting him and it's not giving myself the opportunity to just view him as my husband and the man that I want to love me and have fun with and it's all of a sudden like tearing down our marriage and like I would way rather take the first worst case scenario right then mm. the, then the second one the second one isn't recoverable the second mm. one is a miserable marriage because of what you know yeah wow that's a crazy way to think of it Katie. <laughs> uh and i and of course i don't want to have i never wanted to get to that point well i don't either i was saying if you didn't agree with anything sure. that i said yeah, you were if you worst were in case stark scenario. opposition to any of my ideal you know hmm. wishes or whatever how would that look hmm. yeah yeah. Which isn't the case. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad it's not the case, but that was really insightful to hear where where you had gone mentally picturing me not being in a place that wanted to grow or not that I didn't want to be a problem solver with you. And I think I had started viewing this you're such a problem solver. I I just have so much confidence in the fact that you're always going to look for a solution and so I never felt like I was trying to solve this problem alone, you know, when I started Mm -hmm. to look at my own personal responsibility in this and what I can change for myself. Uh, But I do truly believe I can solve this problem by, by myself. Meaning I've, I've got the, you want to respect me. You want, Oh, you do. Yes. And you want to, I guess, trust me in every area of life. Mm-hmm. That's your desire. You want to just freely follow me and you want to freely trust me um, with my health and with our finances and how I spend my time. And I'm missing out on that opportunity that really comes to me because you're not, you you want me to win. You know, you're not going to set such a hard standard that's impossible for me to achieve. You know, it's not that you want me to save up $4 million in the bank before I can start, you know, spending without, you know, feeling guilty or whatever it is. I mean, that'd be nice. That would be <laughs> no, nice. You know, or I don't, I don't need to, no. I guess, start shopping exclusively organically in order for you to, you no. know, trust me with how I eat. And so you've made it very attainable and I really don't want to abuse that or take, you know, or just continue to take advantage of your grace in those areas. I really want to grow myself 
and ultimately be the person that I want to be. I want to be the person that is responsible with my time and that spends my evenings well and that leads you in a way that's healthy for you and for me. And I just think we both thrive in that context. Yeah. And you mentioned you want to make it easy for me to be free in those areas. And that's a huge blessing. But I can also be like this last week. I didn't know what like these things take time to to flesh out, you know, and we've had some late nights just because of life and whatever. But I've been free Hmm. this week Hmm. by choosing to realize that all that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is that I've just been telling myself, be his girlfriend, be his girlfriend. That's who I want Hmm. to be for you. Hmm. And I've been totally I just when I let that stuff go, just like, let it go. Hmm. Like some of the stuff that I make such a big deal in my brain is like, it's not a big deal. Like Hmm. we're all going to die sometime, you know, like Hmm. I'm so confident in your salvation and that's huge. And I trust you in all the areas that matter most a hundred percent. I trust you in all those areas. Hmm. I respect you in all those areas. So when it comes like this little stuff, it is trivial. Hmm. And I could make a total mountain over out of a molehill, or I could just be like, you know what? I love my husband. I married him. And I just want to have a good time. Hmm. Hmm. It's so fun that you have that mindset. And I want to have that mindset too. And I would say, you know, just a a final point that I do think that there is a danger of falling into certain roles just because it's the position you always took on categories. For instance, Katie, would you say that I eat healthier than when we first got married? Yes. Big time. And yet you still feel like it's your role to be the bumpers. Sometimes I, that would be your default and that would be my default. Yeah. Is what I I'm don't saying. think it's my role. Right. Definitely. Sure. I will naturally, if I'm not like thoughtful about it, mm-hmm. I'm always like kind of growing towards a higher standard. I am not like the ideal in health either oh sure but between ever i feel like every relationship has like the more responsible one and the more free-spirited one when it comes to different topics and that might change depending on the topic that goes in and out depending on the topic yes exactly and and so i what the point that i'm trying to make is and i'd say the same thing with finances are we in a better position and do i handle money better now than i did when we first got married yeah yeah i think i do too And it's interesting how just because of our knee-jerk reactions, we'll stay in the same mindset regardless of how our spouse has grown. And I feel like I've probably done the same thing to you. And I've just put you in a category of, oh, she just, this is her default in this scenario. So she's going to be this way forever. Mm -hmm. And I fail to acknowledge the growth that you have in your life. That makes me sad that I've done that to you. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm saying I think it's a potential. I think that yeah, that basically no, because totally right. I've because since the beginning you had to kind of be our guidelines for money and for well, I shopping. Didn't. That's the thing. I don't. Sure, that's I a good don't. point. That's a good I, point. I never need to. Hmm. None of those things are actually my role as hmm. a wife. Those are not in your top five needs, and yep. they actually aren't my top five needs either. Sure, but it might it might have been more even more tempting or in our early years. Yeah. And I think, I think wives naturally lean towards nagging. Hmm. I really think they do. And I, I don't know why I have heard so many women say, or guys say their wife's more mature in certain areas. Mm -hmm. I just think women 
maybe when we have kids or something like tend to think of themselves as like more responsible or like I think the Lord gave us that like nurturing mothering instinct Mm -hmm. and sometimes we just take it too far Hmm. but we don't need to like I I don't I all the things I've done I've never needed to do (laughs) okay (laughs) I don't want to justify it sure but I don't I don't blame you I really don't and I just really look at this as an opportunity for me to grow and for us to grow in our marriage because this is ultimately, it's just more fun to have that boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic. And Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I say that because husband-wife is obviously way better, but we're using the boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic scenario just to try to illustrate how fun it can be to be married. And when you are, at least I can speak for our relationship, when you are dating, you just have so much more grace for the person that you're dating because you're thinking like, oh, well, that's just fun. Like, I'll overlook that and just have fun with them, you know? Yeah, I think if it comes down to a couple words, it's like grace. You have more grace in that relationship and you let more stuff go. Yeah, yeah. Just letting stuff go is kind of fun. It is. It's, it's like way, way more, more fun. fun. Like, yeah. literally, like, this is the first time we've talked about it since that big blow up. Mm-hmm. But, like, we've had so much fun this week. Yes. Like, genuine fun. Like, I haven't had to, like force myself to like suppress my whatever like i i genuinely have just had fun and same with me yeah i wouldn't i mean i would speak for you i think you've had fun too (laughs) i'll speak for myself and say that i had fun okay so that was that folks this was our first time like katie said talking about this together since we had this this fight and we had both been kind of writing notes down for ourselves and from our own perspective and so hopefully it was cohesive enough to have a, you know, a point that you were able to take from this. And uh, ultimately, we love taking 100% responsibility for a solution in our marriage. And I feel mm-hmm. like Katie and I both, without even knowing it, approached this problem trying to take 100% responsibility. You know, and that problem being me feeling like Katie was mothering me mm-hmm. and being my babysitter and Katie feeling like she had to mother me and babysit me. And so uh, we both, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that we both had the same mindset and that we wanted to be the solution 100% as an individual. Yeah, and it's something that I know we're going to have to revisit over time yes. because it's easy to fall into these patterns mm-hmm. of behavior. And so it's not like, oh, we've arrived. Nope. And that's not at all what we want to share. We just want to share the process that we're going through and you know, just like reading that blog post was healthy for me. I hope that this like encourages one of your hearts. If you feel like you're in a similar situation with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is such a journey and it's ongoing. And so I think we should just learn to enjoy it. We should learn to enjoy the process of growing in your marriage and growing in your faith because it's never going to end. There is no, you know, it's like a fish swimming upstream. You can't just stop swimming. You'll get rushed back downstream. You know, you'll get rushed down with the water. And so just learn to enjoy swimming upstream because that's the journey that we're on. I love you. I love you too, Katie. Thanks for talking (laughs) this out. And folks, thank you for letting us talk this out with you. And if you folks enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating or a review. We love seeing those and reading those. They mean so much to Katie and I. And we hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.